it's, it's odd for us here. You know, um, as a church, we've, we've uh, labored hard to have people remove masks <laughs> all of our existence. You know, we... <laughs> People come in wearing a, um, a mask of, of well-being when, when they're really depressed. Um, Robin Williams was famous for wearing a mask of humor when he was suffering from depression. And so we, we've moved to have people healed of that and remove their masks. But now we have to ask people to move their masks back on to their faces. <laughs> it's weird. A weird time. But we're, we're going to go through this, because this isn't the first time that God's people have been asked to do something weird, and we'll review some of that in a couple of minutes. Um, part of transition is uh, in an invitation to uh, your tithes and offerings. Uh, if you go onto the website, cloverdalechurch.ca, uh, you'll see ways to give on there, or you can drop by here and... Uh, um, slide a check through the door or come and say hello or whatever you want to do during the week. Uh, we're here most days. Um, and God, by his grace, is keeping us alive as a church. Uh, some churches are really having a hard time right now. And so we pray for them. Um, let's get right to... I'm going to go to Isaiah 40. Last week, we, um, we read from Isaiah 64 as part of, the, um, part of the Advent readings. And, and you remember that Isaiah 64 was where it opens with, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And how we made that our cry for right now. Don't, don't you feel that in your heart? Oh, Jesus, we need you. Oh, Jesus, won't you rend the heavens and come down? And we, we reviewed how Isaiah was able to see the future 800 years ahead. And he's, he was calling for what happened at Jesus' baptism. Because the heavens were rent and, and the father was heard saying, this is my son, <laughs> whom I am well pleased. Do what he says. And the, uh, the dove, the Holy Spirit, came down out of heaven at that point. And Jesus was endued with power. Uh, thank you, Lord. So he rent the heavens and came down. This morning we want to read from um, Isaiah 40 as part of the, the Advent readings. And, and uh, Isaiah is looking forward again. And he looks forward again and sees Jesus. This is 800 years before Jesus. I'll go over some of the background in, in a minute. But Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Do you remember us singing that? <laughs> comfort, you know, the first song. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Sing tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, 
that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Did you hear that in the reading from Mark that Pastor Christine uh, read? In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. That's part of your songs too. <laughs> every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven, the uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and he, his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with the young. Thanks, Lord, for your word. Thanks that Isaiah was obedient and gave us those words. Um, Isaiah had a dream. <laughs> That's what we understand is happening here. Isaiah is, is dreaming or having a vision, and, and in the vision, he sees angelic beings that, that the Lord says to cry out to. But the Lord says, first of all, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And then, and then the command, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Uh, comfort, comfort my people. The prophet um, shares his vision, and then... Um, you have to remember that the first 39 chapters of Isaiah uh, is, is pretty much all warnings and, and uh, doom. <laughs> it's, it's full of uh, woe to you. And, and uh, you know, there's some stuff about Hezekiah, and there is a, a, a time when Isaiah you know, sees the Lord. Uh, I saw the Lord, and he was high and lifted up. And, 
Um, but, but mostly the 39 chapters are filled with warnings to Israel and to, to their people. And theologically, some people believe that this, from 40 onward in Isaiah was written by someone other than the prophet Isaiah. But who cares? <laughs> the Lord has breathed upon it. That's for, for others to enjoy. I'm told by my God that this is the, the book of Isaiah. And so I'm, I'm believing that it's all Isaiah. And I love chapter 40. Um, Isaiah told the people to seek justice and put their faith in God. But they had been rebellious. As a result, he predicted that all the treasures of the king, and it says in verse 30, or chapter 39, verse 6, all of the treasures of the king shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left. And that's what happened. I, uh, Hezekiah the king uh, was overwhelmed by the power of Babylon. And so he showed every, every stick of gold or silver or anything that he had to the king of Babylon. And when, when the king came, he took the people from uh, Israel and he took all of the treasures of Israel back to Babylon with him. All of the, the treasures from the temple, all of the treasures from the palace, took everything with him. Because Hezekiah had, had acted imprudently. <laughs> and yet God brought some of it back. You remember in... Uh, Nehemiah, he brings some back, and, and Ezra, he brings some back. God is faithful to, to restore. So, um, during this period of defeat, and the, the period that they are actually exiled in, in Babylon, Isaiah dreams that the world is, uh, is a better place by sharing his vision of God's heavenly words. Now he speaks these things into existence. This is a declaration by Isaiah of the, the power of the word of God. He speaks these heavenly words of God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem. God says to the supernatural beings around him, the angels, uh, and, they, and says to them, and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, and that she, is, uh, she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. God is saying that the people of Israel had paid a great price for their sin, the sins of uh, injustice and unfaithfulness. The time of punishment was now over, and nothing more would be required of them. Catch the heart of God here. God saying that it's done. The penalty's been paid, and the slate is wiped clean, absolutely clean. 
And that's what happened when Jesus took our sins upon the cross. Our slates were wiped completely clean. Not not another thing on there. Once you um, have repented and come to him, he... um, he, won't, he, he chooses not to remember what it is that you were, had as your favorite sin. <laughs> well, God, I was thinking about, you know what I talked about when I repented? I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry that I was doing that. And God will say, I don't remember that. Because he threw it into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more. He threw it as far as the east is from the west. That's not in a circle. That's in a straight line. You never get to the end of it. He's amazing. So when God forgives, the slate is wiped clean. For the people of Israel at that time. And for us as well. And then a voice cried out from the heavenly council. It says, a voice cries. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all of the people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So that's not the Lord speaking. That's someone who was in attendance during this vision that, uh, or dream that, that Isaiah is having. Um, a great desert, a wilderness. So just geographically, Jerusalem is in Israel on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea. Babylon is uh, further to the east. Um, Um, And in between is a great wilderness filled with hills and valleys. It's a a hard road to to, uh, to traverse. It's it's a desert place between Jerusalem and, and Babylon. And God is saying that he's going to make those hills, those mountains, those valleys all straight. John the Baptist picks it up too, a little later on. But this is the heart of our God. He gives us the ability to speak to those things. Say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. His heart is that this is a highway for uh, restoration. This is a highway where you come back to the Lord. And on that highway, sure, there's hills and valleys along the way, but you'll be able to speak to them, and you will see them bow to the presence and the power of our God. And it's by the power of the spoken word that God is using. He's amazing. It's the way of restoration, and it belongs to our God. The way of restoration is the highway created for God's people. Defeat has been replaced by victory. 
sin by forgiveness, and loss by restoration. Years later, when Luke spoke the word of God um, concerning John the Baptist in the wilderness, he said, he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming the baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Luke 3, 30, or 3 and 4. John spoke a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sin. The way of John is also a way of restoration and belongs to God. John dared to dream that the world would be better. See the picture, like God doesn't tra traverse those roads in, the, in the, the restoration. It's us that have to make those, those steps. It's us that have to move along that way. But it's the way of the Lord. <laughs> it is the way of the Lord. Is there a mountain? Is there a valley in front of each of us today? There is. We have a mountain before us that has a name COVID. And that mountain needs to be removed. The power of the church has been dulled. We need to speak in unity and bring that thing to its knees. We need not to be, in this time, so concerned about our rights. And I get caught up in this just as much as anybody. I have a charter right to be meeting. I have, I have rights that are written into the constitution of my country that allow me to meet and freely assemble and a freedom of religion. I have a right. Well, what about my neighbors? They're not, they're not even churchgoers. They don't care about that. And all they see is an arrogant pastor saying that he wants his rights. Do they care about that? No, they'll see me as, as someone who is unloving, uncaring, and hateful. Because they have to pay a price in this season. They're all suffering in this time. And so that's why we chose, as elders, to, to honor the order of the government and say, we're not meeting. That's a hard, hard, hard decision. And one that I, I really have difficulty honoring in my heart. And yet, I want to love my neighbors. I want them to know that we're in this with them. That our rights, my rights are not more important than theirs. That, that this is a time when we all need to be pulling together. Now, there, there could well be a time when we need to speak up and rise up as a church. And let it be known that, hey, we've honored you. You honor us now. It's time for the church to stand up. I understand there was a, a Zoom meeting between 
a number of pastors of all, not just pastors, but religious leaders, they called them. There was imams and, and rabbis and priests and bishops and all that that, that met online with, with uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry this week, outlining this, the essential service potential of the, the church, why it is so needed. And hopefully, it didn't fall on deaf ears. But we'll see. We'll see. Because this is, it's bigger than just our little church. There's, there's something happening here that isn't exactly clear. Isn't Stephen Stills right there? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's a rabbit hole. <laughs> So where do we need restoration today? The Apostle Paul looked forward to the day when all creation, and this is from Romans 8, 21, will be set free from its bondage to decay. Has all creation been, been in bondage to decay? I think so. I think that, that uh, you know, the, the, the green movement is about restoration of of nature. We, our air is not good. Our water in many places. We can't even let the, the natives in eastern Canada have drinking water. My personal opinion, that is because we as a church have been so inward looking that we haven't taken care of the things that are ours. God said to his people, <laughs> that we're to, we're to rule the earth. He gave authority over every living creature to mankind. And, and we have ab abdicated that responsibility and that power. And I think we need to take it back. And the way we take it back is restoration unto the Lord. We come in repentance to the Lord. Lord, Lord we, have not, we have not been faithful. We have been so moving after entertainment and um, things that tickle our ears and uh, trying to be just like the world around us. When we're called to be countercultural, we're called to be light in a dark world. And we need to recognize that we, we're not in the place that we need to be. Just, <laughs> it's that simple. But I believe that there is a place where we can speak as, as a body of Christ and see the pollution that's in the world dissipate and be gone. To see the soil return to what, the way it should be. To see people return to health. There was um, a movie, a documentary years ago about uh, transformations. Do you remember? Do you remember it at home? I don't know if anybody here remembers the transformations. They were, were churches in an area. One was in Colombia, you know, um, 
where the churches in the area would get together and, and ha, uh, be in unity. And, and out of that unity would come peace, would come restoration. In one area in Mexico, they, they were able to grow like carrots that were <laughs> huge. Yeah, and, and their, their vegetables were massive. Uh, the, there was a place where, where the, the, the harbor had not seen fish for years. And all of a sudden, it was teeming with fish because it had been restored by God. In, in Colombia, where, where the, um, the cartels had, had held the city uh, pretty much in, in, uh, in captivity. Yeah, that's a good word. Um, the unity of the church brought peace to the city so that people could start walking the streets again without fear of being shot. That's simply the church moving as they should. Is that still available to us? I believe it is. If we will humble ourselves and pray, and seek his face, repent from our wicked ways. We've been so worried about our rights and our possessions as a church. I'm not talking about individuals. I'm just talking about the church worldwide that we've missed our responsibility and our calling to remember the poor, to, to remember the widow, to be about God's business in the earth. If we look in, inside ourselves and see the decay of our own moral and our morals and our own aspirations, we know we need restoration in so many areas of our lives. Ecologically, relationally, ethically, and spiritually, every one of those areas can be restored by the Lord. Each of us needs the message of hope that Isaiah and later Luke delivered with these words. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. So many crooked things need to be straightened out. And we know that we can't do that alone. In Isaiah's vision, a voice says, cry out. And Isaiah says, what shall I cry? The message, all people are like grass. Their uh, consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass and the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God lasts forever. Isaiah knows that we humans are like the grass that wither away, but the word of God is rock solid and eternal. When we open ourselves to the power of God's word, when we let him touch us and transform us, we are strengthened and restored. There are many crooked ways right now. We see broadcast all over the world the crooked ways that are happening in the United States. Stuff is not right, and people, people are unhappy about what's going on down there. If, if the elections were rigged, that, that's going to make lots of people very unhappy. 
But it's just there's so many crooked things that are happening right now. And, and nothing's been done about it. And we feel helpless. But the church, the church should not be helpless. We have been given authority. And it starts with us as individuals. Remember on the first day of creation, God made a powerful light that is absolutely essential for life, using only the words, let there be light. The sun came into existence. Let there be light. That brought something that sustains us as people. God saw that the light was good, and then God separated the light from darkness. God used a set of words to bring out... uh, uh, order out of chaos, creative speech that God has continued to offer throughout all of history. God continued to speak through the words of the prophets, such as Isaiah, and through the proclamation of messengers like John the Baptist, and most powerfully through the teachings of Jesus, the word of God in human form. In the chaos of the 21st century, crookedness and decay We need those divine words more than ever. We we have a power in decree that is available to us. Decrees and declarations must be biblical. Like you can't say, my decree that that barking dog in the neighbor's house next to me would die. You may have the power to do that, but it doesn't line up with the Word. (laughs) It's got to line up with God, His timing, and His Word. And when when those line up, the angels are commanded to (laughs) make sure it happens. Um, A a, a good book that just came out uh, recently, I think a couple weeks ago, was by friends of ours, um, uh, Adrian Beale and Adam Thompson, uh, and and it's about angels. It's everything in the Bible, it's uh, about angels, and there's nothing in it that is presumptuous, there's nothing in it that is, uh, that that stretches things, there's a... um, uh, dictionary in in the back that explains all of the words, but it it just says biblically what angels will do or not do. And so you understand when you've you've read it that that, uh, Uncle Charlie became an angel when he died. No, that's that's not how it works. Uh, And and angels aren't there to uh, complete your will to get the new Lamborghini. (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're there to complete God's word and, and be messengers of God. They will do the things that God has instructed them to do when they hear them uttered by our words. When our words come into alignment with what God has already commanded, the angels will see that it's done. So it's a good book, anyway. Um, I recommend it highly. I'll get on to this thing. Um, Martin Luther King. Remember him's uh, I Have a Dream. 
Isaiah had a dream. Isaiah had a vision. But Martin Luther King had a, a, a dream. He says, I have a dream. In 1963, in the March on Washington, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King said, we will not be satisfied until justice rains down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. The crowd responded to the emotions of the prophet Amos. Those are Amos's words. But at that point in that speech, Dr. King paused because he wasn't able to complete it. And you can hear, if, if you watch the, the YouTube of it, um, March 1963, I Have a Dream. Mahalia Jackson, his, his uh, singer, she cries out, tell them about the dream, Martin. And then Martin Luther King begins to preach, and his words went beyond the limitations of language and culture. His dream message took him from Amos to Isaiah and ended with the words, I have a dream that one day every valley will be exalted or lifted up. Words create reality. The words of Isaiah and what he dreamed that the world would be a better place and Jesus Christ made those words real. Jesus is, for us, the Word of God made flesh, and we can be thankful that the Word of our God will stand forever. Jesus forgives our sins, wipes our slates clean, straightens us out, and gives us hope for the future. All we have to do is receive Him, believe in Him, and walk as His disciples. And walk behind him. Jesus is the one that Isaiah was talking about when he said, Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. Isaiah was referring to Jesus when he said, Here is your God. Jesus is Isaiah's dream come true, the one who fulfills the prophecy. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. That's from Isaiah 40, 10 and 11. That is Jesus, the one who processes God's might, or possesses God's might, but also feeds his flock like a shepherd. He is the one who has the power and the strength to carry it all out, but also the grace and the love to restore us. When the birth of Jesus is, is celebrated at Christmas, we remember the words of Isaiah, here is your God. Jesus joins Isaiah in bringing you back from exile, wherever you may have wandered in a far off land. Jesus does the work of restoration, forgiving you, giving you new life. 
and he makes the rough places smooth and the crooked places straight. Isaiah dreams the world better, and, I, and Jesus brings those dreams to life. Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus was born, saw things that, that he could only dream, <laughs> that God gave to him in dreams. But Jesus was the, the incarnate answer to those things. But Isaiah had to speak it into existence 800 years before it happened. God spoke into existence light, and the sun happened. Isaiah spoke into existence the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. He spoke those things into existence, and it allowed it to happen. He still speaks through us. Be not afraid in this season. Be not afraid in this season. When fear is being dealt out like Smarties at Halloween, be not afraid. <laughs> Faith is what will see us through. Faith in Jesus Christ and what he has already done for us. He is Isaiah's dream. And we are his dream. And he gave us authority over this world. Will we move in, in honor of that and in obedience to that? Did you have something, Brent? No, I something This is going over the... Uh... Something that struck me when you said, uh, first of all, you kept saying, uh, speak tenderly yes. to her. So I could just feel the tenderness of the Lord in that. Yeah. And, then, and so as you were talking, I felt like God was speaking to me about um, the, the, um, my kingdom, his kingdom works by justice and mercy. Yeah. yeah. The earthly kingdoms can't offer mercy very well. No. So people are crying for justice, but it's not going to work. No. Without they, mercy. They need the mercy of God. Right? Yeah. So that, that just struck me. Yeah. No, that... That's powerful, Brian. Thank you. It's up to us in this season to seek our God for the answers to this season. Isaiah saw the end of the, the captivity of his people. Will we see the end of the captivity of his churches in this day? Will we believe that it's him that will take down every mountain, raise up every valley, and make the road straight for us, his people? So let's pray. Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that <laughs> you know everything. <laughs> you knew from the beginning of time, what you were going to be doing from before there was time. The plan was Jesus. And the first advent, the first coming of Jesus, was into a, a town of no repute. 
It was into a manger. The first king-size bed was a, was a place where animals eat. But you saw the wisdom in that. And you saw a way for us to, to um, begin to dream as people of the day that the earth would be made free from those that keep us in captivity. At that time, it was Romans that were in cap uh, keeping people in captivity. But you didn't come to defeat the Romans. You came to, to give your people hope. You came to give your people peace. You came to comfort your people. You came to speak tenderly to your people and to show your people mercy. You made a way straight for restoration for the people of God to the God of their vision. You made a way that we can come boldly into your presence and not be separated by a veil or, or by a, a priesthood that, that we had to speak through or act through. But we all can come boldly into the throne of grace and receive you as you receive us. Thank you that you're still a tender daddy and you invite us into that place. Help us in this season, O oh God, to speak words of truth, words that you have spoken. We honor our government. And we pray that they would make good decisions, Lord, in this time. But we honor you above our government. And we want to do what you want us to do. Sometimes that is very difficult. Like the choice to not, not have church person or in-person meetings. That's hard, Lord. And you know it's hard. But we choose to follow you, even in the rough places. Make those rough places smooth, God. Make the hills bow. Make the valleys be exalted. Uh, help us to be your church, the church that you called, Lord, not the one that's been uh, so taken with herself, but the one that is taken with you the one that wants to do the things that you want, the one that is following you in discipleship, if you love me, keep my commands. Let us show you our love, Lord. We're your friends, we know that. We're your family, we know that. But help us to be the bride without spot or wrinkle. Help us to be your beloved by your strength, your good goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We love you so much. We pray that you would bless each one today, Lord. Brian had a word from you about healing. Would you extend that healing virtue, your healing virtue, to those in need, including Brian, who is, who is in need of healing. 
but so many need it right now, Lord. Would you extend it to everyone watching, whether it's watching live or watching the recorded message sometime in the future. Bring your healing, Lord. It's your strength, your goodness, but we speak it because you told us to. So we speak healing in every area that's needed now in Jesus' name. Be healed.